welcome to the Gomina podcast. I am Claire Cavey. And I am Catherine Cavey, and we are your co-hosts. In this episode, we are going to interview our mom, Delaram Cavey, who helped us to create Gomina. Welcome, mom. Hi, girls. Good to be here. Thanks for being here. I wanted to ask you today, what was your inspiration behind Gomina? Well, I think that any parent who is a single parent would understand the story I'm about to tell. I guess, Catherine, you were approaching middle school and your sister is two years younger than you. And I learned from you guys that you need community service hours. And I stayed up at night really worrying for a long time, wondering how could I make sure you have community service hours when I'm reporting for duty downtown at the State Department in Washington, D.C., oftentimes in a classified setting, can't really access you very easily or very quickly. And your school got off. What time did your uh, middle school get off? Around 2 or 3? Yeah, 2.15. Yeah, I wasn't even done work normally around until like 6 or more. So I thought to myself, well... I don't want my girls to be penalized and miss out on this new requirement of community service hours because I'm a single parent and I can't be in two places at the same time. You were very academically inclined, you were doing very well, but I knew this was something that was very important. So then I started to discuss it with you guys, even though you were in middle school and elementary school. So basically one day I said, look, we've been talking about this. How are we going to do this? It only makes sense to me that your community service hours have to be done from inside the home so that there's no transportation need, so that it's consistent, so that you can be safe inside of your own home while you're doing it, and so that you can log in as many hours as you can. And I think that that was the impetus of building a community service project that would be internet-based from the comfort and safety of our own home. From there, I think the three of us just kind of came up with, if this is going to be a community-based, internet-based project that we do from inside the home, what should the focus be? And you guys really fleshed out the focus for GoMina. Right. When I was in seventh grade. That was my first engineering class that I ever took. And when I was getting introduced to STEM fields, I was learning about different possibilities. But what I noticed was that a lot of companies and a lot of initiatives feature women in STEM, females in STEM. But what they don't do is they don't assist the girls in creating actual pathways and knowing the classes to take, what steps to take in order to achieve their goals. So my question for you is, Why is it so important to create pathways for girls pursuing STEM careers and not just feature female engineers? Well, because I was one of these girls. Uh, I was an immigrant from Iran. And of course, every culture and every country has a vast amount of diversity. But in my particular family, I wasn't really supported in pursuing education. And... I had a desire to go into international relations 
to even get a PhD, I really had, even in, to this day, I have the topic in mind for the research. But no one in my family focused on helping me get there. I didn't know anyone around me who had done anything similar. I didn't have any mentors. And I didn't know, as a first-generation immigrant, how academics and career development works in the United States. I didn't know how to get money, how to get grants, how to apply for colleges, how to find mentors. So I lost a lot of time trying. Really, I think my career began in earnest probably a full 15 years after it probably could have if I had had the support. And I also think that girls are not yet at the point where we can just declare independently what we want to be and to dedicate ourselves in the future. A lot of families are still talking about, well, you know, pick a career that's good for in the future if you want to have a husband or children and you have responsibilities, you know, cooking and child rearing. These are still very much real issues in our community. Uh, and it's not really affected by income level or education level. It's, these are cultural issues, which are changing. But I think for the most part, our girls do need some support. And so one of the things that I thought about was to start at the middle school level. And really, it's not just about bringing an example for the girl, because I was one of those girls. I wanted it. But you need family support. So we are going to be looking at ways to do presentations and include the families in to see, you know, what kind of a life would their daughter have if they pursue engineering, if they pursue a career in a U.S. engineering company. And I think that they'll be very happily surprised that they can support their daughter in moving into that direction and not feel threatened that it would not be something that they might support for their family culturally. Yeah. So you went to school um, K through 12, essentially not in Iran, but when you were here in Alexandria City schools, were you exposed to any engineering classes aside from woodshop? Um, but specifically like science and how important do you think it would have been for a teacher of one of those classes to maybe reach out to you mm -hmm. as a student and expose you to these pathways? I came from a liberal arts family and I don't think anyone in my family was comfortable with math or science. But also at the time, like we're talking about in the 80s, we didn't have a lot of support for girls going into these careers. And even the best, you know, intended teacher, usually teachers for advanced math and science classes in the middle schools and high schools were men. And, you know, especially when they would see like a brown girl like me, they didn't really have hope that I would do well. And I think that in turn, 
I picked up on that and developed anxiety in those classes. It just was a recipe for disaster for me. And so I just kind of identified as, well, I'm good in liberal arts and bad in the sciences. Until I went to college and I started really getting into philosophy classes and eventually got a minor in philosophy. And then I realized that there's a lot of overlap between philosophy, logic, and math. And then really didn't do much about that either because I already had my, you know, my own adult life going. But it was really until you guys went into the sciences. When you and your sister started doing engineering classes and came home and started talking about it. And, you know, sciences, physics, things like that, math. I started realizing that this is really fun and that in a non-threatening environment, I really could have done very well with it. But my generation of girls didn't have this focus. So I'm really, really glad that your generation does. Right. Um, We talk a lot about trying to get more girls, especially from our diaspora, into engineering, but I think it might help our listeners to understand why is this championship for girls so important? Why should we have more girls in STEM? Can you talk a bit about that? Well, I mean, I can say a few words, but I would like for you, Catherine and Claire, to also add in because... Catherine, like you're 17, so next year you're going to start your academic career in biomedical engineering. And I'm sure you've thought about what this means for your future. But what I envision is to give the power to the girls and to give them the tools to get support from their family in doing this. And... At Gomina, our vision isn't just for girls to go into STEM fields or get an internship at a U.S. engineering company or, you know, even get a job at a U.S. engineering company. It is to create pathways for their success. So we know that 5% of CEOs in the United States are women, and that needs to change. So one of the things that we will do in Gomina as we begin to grow it and to design it is to work with U.S. engineering companies to create a pathway for when they hire one of our graduates, how do you put them on a track that is a leadership development track for that organization so that they have the mentoring and the continued training and the opportunities that it takes to rise potentially as a a high-level leader, decision-maker in that company. Why is that important? Because women need to be represented. Because when women and girls are empowered, they can make active decisions in their own lives. They can be better role models for their own family members, whether it's their own children or cousins or whoever, and because we believe that the blessings of God are not gender-based. And so if you have someone who is good at math, good at science, who is really super interested in, let's say, aerospace or biomed or something, uh, that person should not be cut short of their 
the talents and desires because of their gender. And if we start to build a world like that in a, one generation or two, I think a lot of other things will fall into place as well. That'll bring more social justice all around. All right. Uh, something that I've become increasingly aware of in my pursuit to become a biomedical engineer is the prevalence of male bias in medicine. So, for example, taking the anatomy of a man and just saying, well, women are just a mutation, when in reality, no, we're not. So I think it's important to get more women into engineering fields, STEM fields, that can positively influence the representation of women so absolutely yeah claire you know you're going to go into aerospace engineering and you want to have a military career possibly in the navy you know you're almost 15 years old you've had this dream for a while you know what are some of the the reasons you chose this and what are some of the ways that you think that if more girls followed their hearts and their desires, it would uh, benefit them and society. I chose to pursue a career in aerospace engineering and also go into the military, more specifically the Navy, because it's always something that I've been interested in. We do have a very uh, service-oriented family, and that has always been part of my consideration when I plan my future. However, not a lot of Girls have been interested in the military or STEM, like in my school, especially aerospace. For example, in JRTC, which is my school's Army Junior Reserves Officer Training Corps program, there are like four girls, tops for each class for each company, and it's very male-dominated, and you can really see the influences that makes. So it's important to have female representation. Can I say something more to this? I know I work in international relations and I, I see this also. I've seen it in my career. And we see more and more emphasis in the State Department on diversity and inclusion. But it'll take a long time, especially in fields and topic areas that are considered, quote, heavier. You know, it, it really comes down to the mindset of each girl and what they feel is appropriate for them. And what we want to do is destigmatize these types of engineering careers. We understand that you can be a computer science engineer, electrical engineer, whatever, but what about aerospace? You know, what about nuclear engineering? Uh, you know, BME is a big thing now, I think, for everyone's future. The bottom line is that as the mother of two daughters, and as a brown immigrant girl who has pretty much struggled my whole life to go into areas then and rooms that I wasn't really represented in, I really strongly want for my daughters and for your generation to stop carrying the weight and burdens of gender and just basically be a human who is following your talents. And that's just pretty simple. And I think that will lead to equality. Right. And that's very important. My final question for you today is, what message would you like to share with girls and their families from our diaspora who want to go into STEM careers? 
I spent a lot of time in my career in the Middle East. I fell in love with the countries that I served in. I served in Amman, Abu Dhabi, Riyadh. Catherine, you were born in Amman. Claire, you were eight weeks old when we flew to Abu Dhabi and stayed there for a couple of years. And I have never forgotten the friends that I made and the impact that these places had on me. And of course, living in Washington, the second largest diaspora of Iranians outside of Iran for the last 42 years. I still see that it really is not equal for girls and, and boys in our diaspora. It is not equal for the LGBT community in our diaspora. It is not equal for single parents and divorced people. And I just feel that it doesn't need to be that way. We have so much talent and we stand in our own way when we cut ourselves short. And the most important decision is the decision of that girl. But that girl alone can't do it all the way to the end by herself. Her family needs to be part of it. She needs to have a group of mentors. She needs to have university support. And she needs to have support from the corporations that are hiring. And, you know, we want a happy life for these girls. And these girls are Americans who are contributing to our national security, to our economy, but also to the next generation or generations of our diaspora living in this country. I would like to see more empowerment for the girls to make long-term career decisions so that they can be financially independent and they can put their talents into the engineering core of this nation because they're 50% of the population and they should have an equal voice. Definitely. Well, thank you for being here today. You gave great insight. Hope you have a good day. Thank you. And I just want to say that we saw Top Gun Maverick this weekend. And I think that was very interesting for Claire as a future uh, naval aviator. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to visit our website at gomina.us. Bye, everyone. Thank you.